Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, the podcast family, and of course, uh, most recently here, uh, affiliated with uh, many other fantastic podcasts, the SB Nation Podcast Network. There are over 320 SB Nation sites, uh, you know, for various teams and and uh, uh, just Check. We're, we're happy that you're here at Coronation. I, I myself uh, follow the SB Nation sites of all my favorite teams, but I only contribute to one, by God, and it is your Nebraska Cornhusker community. I'm joined by the other two legs of the tripod, and oh, it feels so good to have them back. On my right, Hoss Reuter, and my left leg, John Damn Johnston. <laughs> you're just slapping the kneecap. What huh? the hell? <laughs> my left leg. Yeah, Hoss is my right hand. You're my left leg. Oh God, why? Uh, why not? Uh, John, how are you? How have you been the last oh, couple God, of weeks? We've missed you. Been a, it's been a great week and a half since I didn't make it last week due to a, a my. Let's just call it a migraine. Yeah, that, let's where I all I did was lay on the couch pretty much for about twelve hours. Well, you know what they say, John. Getting old ain't for pussies. Yeah, but I've been old for a while, and I'm kind of... What the hell does that even mean, getting old ain't for pussies? No, it's not easy. It's not. It's hard. Well, it is hard. It hurts. It is hard, and that's why we go to Bluetooth sometimes, except that's not actually what I use. But well, uh, No, John, you probably got your AARP card, what, the same year the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock? No, but it was close. Okay. Haas, same. It's been a couple of weeks without you, buddy. How have you been? I've been good. Uh, just anxiously awaiting football season. Went down to Kansas City last Saturday to get some barbecue with some friends. It's always nice to get out and see the uh, Missouri River Valley. Got how, long a, how long a what? drive is that? Oh, uh, map quiet, or. Google Maps says three hours. I made it in about two hours and 15 minutes. For barbecue. Yeah, I got a hell of a lead foot. And it's like driving to Lincoln a couple of times. You know, the, it's not that far. There's really then good. I came home and bought some grain bill. There's really good barbecue in my neck of the woods, but no, you never want to come to this part of Illinois. You only want to go Chicago. Yeah, city of broad shoulders, man. City of assholes. Um, Hey, my kind of people. No. Wow. You're, you're far from. Uh, let, I, I have to ask because I know, you know we are just a few weeks away from, uh, uh, by the way, <laughs> anybody who can't uh, quite tell, uh, my son's still awake and he just ran off with my drink. Luckily, this time around, it's not alcoholic. Um, we, so we, we get to, but what anyway. Department of Human Services? Yeah, no, he'd, no. Go to, he'd go to sleep faster. He, he would, but like cherry coke and Benadryl. I actually, yeah. vodka. I actually uh, come to find out that my wife had like a like a frappuccino or something like that from McDonald's on the oh, uh, 
on on the end table, and you, you can't with this kid. You can't turn your back for ten seconds because he took a drink of it. But then, being my son, he's like, "Oh, this is not for me," and he just let it run out of his mouth, like you know. <laughs> so you can't do anything but laugh at that. Um, no. So anyway, uh, I, I do that same thing with Coors Banquet, actually. <laughs> Oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> better, better than that old mud you're drinking. Well, well played, John. Oh, uh, yes. Husker football is just around the corner. Uh, the fall camp, I think, officially started, you know, just as we're recording this Tuesday, the right. 6th, a little That's early this week. So, I mean, it, it's, it has begun. And I, I guess my question for you both is does, in your opinion, does does the season, or at least the festivities, however you want to phrase it, the uh, the fall camp, does that technically begin with fan day? In your opinion? Uh yeah, yeah. Seeing how weird some of our fans can be at fan day, yeah, that <laughs> usually is what kicks off college football. So who brings a fucking mannequin to get signed? <laughs> I don't and know, but that thing. was that was the a, first a, person. In, the news showed the first person in line for Fan Day was like a fifty-year-old man who got there at four thirty in the morning. I think I think the better look for that would have been, you know, the first person that they showed. You know, I, and I look, I get it. You know, it's like uh, anytime there's a new blockbuster movie, you, you, somebody's been camping out or a Black Friday sale, somebody's been camping out for over twenty-four hours. You, there's something. To that, I do think that it's ridiculous, but I think the best people to talk to would be you know, like the little kids who are, or you know, the yeah, mom and dad. The kids. Yeah, the, the mom and dad who are taking their kids, you know, there for the first time. The, the little kids who, you know, are are just so. I mean, think about it. The small percentage of people, honestly, who ever get to actually walk on Tom Osborne Field at Memorial Stadium, and you know, the little kids might never have the opportunity to talk to those people. Don't. Who gives a crap about the 50-year-old who's, you know, been there since 4 in the morning? Um, but, yeah, no, I heard about this mannequin ordeal uh, by listening to uh, our friends, uh, uh, the Big Red Cobcast. And the Mario Produsco was, you know, just awesome and signing it. That was hilarious to see. I, I mean, look, I guess if you are – and I, I didn't I – didn't, I've not even seen – was it a full mannequin or was it a mannequin torso? Um, mannequin torso. Mannequin legs with bikini bottoms. Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. Um, so, it, I don't even know. Well, you know, they do They do call it fan day. They don't call it kid day. Well, you know, here's the thing. In defense grown of 50 adults man. going to get autographs, grown adults going to get autographs from college students, it's just kind of weird. Watch on Saturdays, curse, binge drink. Get irrationally upset when we lose, irrationally happy when we win, but don't bother them for autographs. It's for the kids. You think so? Yeah. I could walk by Bill Belichick at an airport and I wouldn't ask for an autograph. Well, that's true. That's rude. But this is a setup. This is a, It's called Fan Day. It's not called Kid Day. I don't know. It's for the kids. Who says that? That's not, uh, There's nothing in there that says it's for the kids. Scott Frost kind of restricting people in his line just to members of the Dusker JV club, locker club. I forget the name of it. I hope you weren't looking to us for an answer. <laughs> I, I was. I was hoping you guys would have my back there. You guys would be awful to be in a foxhole with in Normandy. 
Why? Because we couldn't answer trivia? <laughs> no, because you wouldn't have my back. <laughs> oh, we have your back. This is not answering trivia. I I, I want to go back John to John probably would snore. <laughs> I, I want to go back to this. The uh, foxhole would be muddy from me drooling Coors Banquet. <laughs> no, you'd be, you'd be drinking some swill, something like it would be over in France. It would be like Stella Artois. That's not swill. No, that's good stuff. Yes, it is. That tastes what like that? Yes. Okay, go back to Fan Day, you son of a bitches. I, I want to know, going back to this mannequin situation or, or, or mannequin legs, uh, however, is there, you know, because, Haas, you brought up how uh, Coach Verduzco, you know, signed it like a boss or, or, or you know, your, your wording there, and I don't know exactly how he signed it, but is there, uh, you know, is, is it a situation where, you know, kind of the uh, uh, unspoken agreement or, or perhaps spoken is, hey, look, if, if they put something in front of you, sign it. I mean, it, it'd be like, would anybody say, I'm not going to sign that, you know, within reason. I mean, you know, what what is Okay, it, I, I, I never, heard a story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I can't swear to its validity, but I can attest to the fact that it is indeed a story. That last year at Fan Day, a grown-ass woman went through Scott Frost's line with a wedding picture, his wedding picture, with her face photoshopped over Scott Frost's wife's face and asked him to sign it. I've never heard this. That's 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 stalker creepy. That like yeah, hello state police. And and no. furthermore, I mean, obviously she knows that he's married. I mean, what yeah. what is she attempting there? Uh, I think just, it's pretty obvious she, what she's. She's attempting. just nuttier than a shit house rat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, hey, I got that bingo card with all those cliches. Remember? <laughs> God, I should have been better prepared. <laughs> hey, um, I'm just firing from the hip here. Well, no. That, okay, so did he sign it? I guess he did, but somebody, and again, this is a story that I can attest to its validity. But someone said that as he signed it, he looked pretty pissed off. I mean, so, obviously. Anyone on the coaching staff, if you listen to this fine podcast, uh, slide in the DMs on Twitter and tell us if this is true or not. I am try- I'm looking at the uh, release from the athletic department, and I thought they had said that they made it clear that uh, people were only allowed to bring one item. But I don't see that list. Well, did you see on Twitter the one guy who had a whole duffel bag full of stuff? That's just shitty. Another that, grown ass man. Yeah, well, that's being a jerk. You're, you're really. I mean, listen. I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy bringing like a Husker hat or a shirt in, and he's fifty and getting it signed. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it's fan day. It's not kid day. But when you do stuff like that, you should just you know be honestly be ignored. Well, what what are the autographs? That's much like wearing jerseys in college sports, right? That ends at about sixteen years old. What what are the odds that most of the stuff again? If let's just say you know he got all the stuff in that duffel bag signed, but what are the, what are the odds that most of that stuff's not going for display in his home, but it's getting turned around on eBay or something? Oh, I'd say probably pretty high. Yeah, yeah, somebody like that, pretty high. Okay, Nebraska's clear bag policy is not in effect for fan day, but all fans and carry-in items are subject to inspection. 
So I guess <laughs> they looked at a mannequin and said, well, okay, buddy. I just want to, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I Here, let me put it this way. If I was ever at a fan day as a coach and someone brought in mannequin legs and wanted myself, the other coaches, the players to sign it, I'd sign it. I'd probably laugh like hell about it, but yeah, I'd sign it. Now, given that, what, what would you bring in to have signed? Oh, I'm trying to think. I went to fan day in 04, Bill Callahan's first year. I was like 13. Uh, I think I had like a football that I got signed. And then I think like one of my parents, you know, who was there, you know, with me, they had like, you know how they do like the offense and defense posters each year for the starters. Mm -hmm. They had, you know, they went through the line as well and had them signed. And then I got it as a birthday present a couple months later, all framed. And let's just say that as a kid, I didn't keep the 2004 black shirts who gave up 70 to Texas Tech. I didn't keep that signed poster on the wall very long. I think, I think uh, a, a, a football would be good a football yeah. because you can buy a nice case for it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, people, your mom's not going to wash it, hopefully. You know? I, yeah, I threw that dog in with the other. Shoot it. <laughs> so so but, for me, uh, that's I'd, a good idea. I'd probably go football or a helmet. Yeah, a helmet would be pretty damn cool. Now, de- depending on, you know, if I'm I, I'm torn because, I mean, if I'm trying to get as many signatures as possible, I'll get a, a you know, full-size helmet. But if I'm just like, all right, I just want, you know, uh, uh, Adrian Martinez autograph or, you know, Scott Frost or something like that, I'd, I'd probably just go for a mini one. I mean, look, if it's something like that, I'm not going to it, – it's all for – sentimental reasons. Not that I'm like sentimental about Adrian Martinez. I don't know him like that, but you know what I mean? It's a, he's it, probably going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play at Nebraska by the time his career is done. Well, that's fine. Um, Oh, by the way, there was a, a mannequin, maybe not a mannequin, uh, but a, a bikini torso. I see going in the pictures as well. Oh. Not just legs, but uh, a torso with the, uh, Matching top and bottom, so yeah, people are weird. I'm just, I mean, were the was the top and bottom red? Yes. Okay. Well, you think they're weird? I think that's creative. John, you you gotta. There's a point in everyone's life that you need to realize that if you think something something weird is creative, you're probably weird. I you say that like there's something wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. You want to know why? Because everybody is somebody else's weirdo. I like to have a large constituency of that, my sir. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, all right. So that, that's kind of it, nothing else really came a fan day that, to my knowledge, uh, we did learn around the time. Jojo Dolman wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. What's up with him? Um, they just said that he'd be back tomorrow since we're recording Tuesday night. So he'll be back Wednesday, but they just said he wasn't cleared to practice yet. And I, Kind of wonder if maybe he, he was dinged up and went back home to Colorado for treatment. You know, Colorado Springs has a lot of, like, Olympic training facilities, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And his dad's an NFL agent, so he probably has some connections. So, I don't know. I uh, Let's hope that he's fully healthy or maybe, or at worst case, in the worst case scenario, let's hope that he wasn't dealing with a legal issue. That would be nice if we didn't have... 
that yeah. going on some more. We could probably stand to avoid legal issues for a while. I'm all for avoiding them, period. Yeah. Um, Players should just sit at somebody's house and smoke weed on Saturday nights, not doing anything dumb. Don't do it in the dorm room, damn it. Well, I was the. Never mind. I don't want to get on that topic again. Uh, But we learned towards the end of last week uh, from head coach Scott Frost himself that he did not put the Huskers in the top 25. Of course, Huskers are just outside of the coaches' poll at 26. And I think the. Based on what I've seen, the, the kind of social media consensus is that Husker fans are kind of all right with it. I don't really remember seeing any backlash like, how could you not? Look, there's a difference between, you know, like not having faith in your team. Which I, I believe Scott Frost has faith in, in his team. But, I, you know, he came, I think he pretty much said point blank at the press conference or whatever that they've got to, they've got to earn it. And, uh, you know, went back to back four no and eight seasons. Yeah. Neither. Do I'm I. actually. I'm happy about it. You know, um, we've gone four and eight back to back years. I, I don't even have a problem with Stanley Jackson on BTN tonight saying that the West isn't Nebraska's to lose. Again, we've gone four and eight two years in a row. So let's let's let our play on the field determine where we're at in the polls. If we start four and zero. Oh, I think we'll be in good shape heading into that Ohio State game. That's it. The Ohio State game and the Northwestern game back-to-back weeks give us a great opportunity to climb in the polls. Well, I'm excited because as we go along uh, in this episode, we're going to preview Ohio State as well as Illinois, the Week 4 opponent. Um, but Ohio State, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I think I'll hold off on that. But I do believe that if Nebraska starts 5-0, and I mean, It'll be a top fifteen team. Th- that's right. I-, I was gonna, I was gonna gauge your opinion on where they would be ranked after week five if they if they started five and zero. I don't know if it'd be top see, fifteen or top ten, but I guess a lot of that's going to depend on where Ohio State's at at that point. Like, let's say Ohio State is still in the top. Uh, let's say they're still in the top seven when we play them, and we're four and zero, and they're in the top undefeated and. In the top seven, I could see us jumping up to like twelfth. You know, starting the season unranked and you know upsetting Ohio, going undefeated, upsetting Ohio State. See us jumping up to twelve. If Northwestern's ranked a week later when we play them in Lincoln on homecoming, I think that you could see us jump into the top ten when we beat Northwestern. And then from there, you're just playing for pole position. I'm just, I'm just hoping we play the first game against South Alabama and it doesn't get like screwed up by weather or some divine intervention because people haven't. There's a curse and people haven't had enough karma sucked out of them yet or something. Yeah, that just proves that us Nebraska fans live in our fears. I don't, this has been the worst, the weirdest uh, off season ever because people have. There has been massive amounts of Kool Aid. Sp- Kool-Aid, there you go, spewed at them. That's imported Kool-Aid. No, no, it's Nebraska. It's Nebraska. Every offseason, the the Omaha and Lincoln papers. Hey, I'm the only one who lives in the state right now on this podcast. (laughs) Most of the people I talk to are all saying, 
you know, you got people at the eight and four mark. Most people are around 10 and two. You got a few people who are delusional, like my brother-in-law, who are saying that we're going to the college football playoff. I'm kind of trending more towards that 10 and two mark at this point. (gasps) So you're getting there, but that's Kool-Aid. Let's just say I'm at a solid nine and three, but I'm still having a hard time finding three losses, a a third loss on the schedule. Oh, you would just stick it in there. It's the Big Ten. There's always some kind of weird, inexplicable well, that, loss. That's the thing. When I was looking at the schedule, I forget what Twitter. It might have been like the Husker Redcast or one of the other Nebraska podcasts that's not you know us or the Big Red Copcast. They did a poll, free Twitter poll, game by game. And I was going through it and you know just trying to do it, you know, from a realistic standpoint, you know. And to get to 10-2, and two, I had us losing to Ohio State, and I think that Maryland game is going to be really fucking weird in late November. Why? Well, it's a week after Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, that's a good... We're going to be playing Iowa on a short week following Maryland. It's a road trip. You know, obviously they're flying, but it's a road game all the way to the East Coast. And Maryland's got some athletes. They always do. They just lost their best receiver for the season. Yeah. Deshaun Jones. Deshaun Jones. Yeah. Uh, Still, you know, that Maryland game just kind of – people want to talk about the Illinois game being a trap game. You know, it's Lovey Smith. Come on. Um, That Maryland game is a trap game, in my opinion. And Wisconsin, I guess, until until we get over on them. I guess you kind of have to mark that down one down tentatively as a loss. Yes. Yes. I mean, and my thought process, I think Greg and I covered this a few months ago and it's just us two on the pod with Wisconsin. I don't care if we win by one point or 100 points, just win. But with Iowa, I want to hang a big old 50 burger. on them. No, that's true. He says this about every podcast, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, hey, I'm nothing if not consistent. <laughs> I, I cannot wait because as soon as the 50-burger is hung, the 50-burger shirt will be available at jitterymonkey.com slash shop. I'm calling my shot right now. That crowd in Lincoln on Black Friday is going to be one of the most hostile crowds at Memorial Stadium in a damn long time. I, Nobody's disagreeing with that. Yeah. And you know what? Boulder's probably going to be pretty damn hostile, but not from the Colorado fans, from all the Nebraska fans. That is true. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that after we play in Folsom, you know how they always sold like those prints of the Nebraska-Notre Notre Dame game in 2000? Mm-hmm. Of how red the stadium was? I'm pretty sure they're going to be selling some more just with Folsom Field this time. There was... <sighs> I don't know how it was done, and I wish they would do it at, at more sporting events. But just for for the, I've, I've got to tell the backstory to say what I what I would like to see at Memorial Stadium or or uh, you know any any Husker game. But after the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup for their parade and rally, there were special cameras set up around. You know, St. Louis around downtown along around the parade route, but like if you could just keep zooming in and then tag yourself, 
at at the rally or you know tag your you know I knew friends who you know tag themselves and their you know wives or things like that, and that would be cool you know just to uh, see the at at the Colorado game just to see all of the red and then be able to you know identify yourself in the crowd and and say this is me this is my friend we we know the bigger uh, the big red Cobcast is going to be there you know the, just. You know, just that that opportunity to see yourself in in the crowd, in in the huddled masses, so to speak. It, for me, well, I think hell, that I might be I might be a point of contact to bail the big red Cobcast boys out of county if they get into a tussle. Since I'll be there as well. Well, not all of them. I think I think just one of them's mo- most likely to end up. <laughs> well, here, here's the, I was discussing this. One of my friends who went with me to Kansas City on Saturday is also going. One of the friends who's going out to Boulder in September. And we were talking about the game on the way back, and I was saying, I was like, when you go on a road game, you avoid anything around the student section, and you don't walk down Greek Row. And those two things right there are a recipe for disaster when you're on a an opposing fan on a road game in college football. Which this is true. I'll, and, and I'll say this because you know we're going to talk about them here after the break, but Illinois, uh, you know, I'm my wife and I are going. Up there uh, again, uh, we went up there back in 2015, um, and that was technically my son's first Husker game. Uh, he was in utero, so I don't know how much it counts. And then I went up uh, two years later. It just didn't work uh, out with her schedule, and I went up there when they played the Friday night game. But the two of us are going up there uh, this year. I'll say this about Illinois. Their student section is I, – I enjoy their student section, but – they are in a good place because they're in one of the end zones. They're up out of the way. There's not, uh, you know, a lot of, I guess, negative interaction. Um, so, you know, that's. Uh, How do you have an Illinois student section you put away from the field? They are. They're in the end zone. It's it's tough to. They're on the opposite end of the horseshoe. Now it's not like the horseshoe. Yeah, they're on the closed end, closed side. Right. Um. But you know that, that's that, just it's, dumb. It's where the the uh, how many people attend their games? Uh, a couple hundred, not very many, right? And you take your student section and put them in the end zone. But I'll say this: their uh, marching band is right in front of them. Uh, they're very organized. They they it, it, it's a well it's a well done student section. You know, with the the I mean, as far as you, you know, they. I, it's, it's difficult to explain. You're get, why don't you, John? Why don't you join us uh, in Champaign on September 21st and, and see it firsthand? Well, maybe I will. I, I hope you do. You can tailgate with us. I will probably. Okay. Can... Are the fans hostile in Illinois? No, because they don't care. Because it's Illinois. And they're not they're good. waiting for basketball season. Pretty much. It's so, so. It's just hostile in Illinois, but not Illinois fans. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that's the thing is is the the tailgating that I've done there before. You know, I'm it, it's because it's Illinois. Because I, how do I put it? The the demand. I mean, the the on field product hasn't been great, and they don't have the tradition like like Nebraska of you know five national championships and and uh, uh, enough people that care. There's a lot more Husker fans there. I mean, I'm not going to say there's a lot more Husker fans than Illinois fans, but it's. There's a ton of red. We tailgate, you know, with Husker fans. So it, you know, I, I, I guess maybe what I'm saying is I'm in a bubble of uh, uh, scarlet and cream, and I'm pretty happy with it. 
you gonna tailgate with fake Kevin Kugler again? I don't know if I'll tailgate with him. Uh, I'll, I'll probably see him eventually. Um, but uh, hashtag targeting uh, and and some others were you know amongst individuals that I saw uh, last time I was in Champagne. So uh, we'll see. I, it's it's just my goal. Friends of the program. Friend, friends, friends of the show. Friends of the show. It's my. So we're uh, so we're already kind of previewing illinois all right well yeah, yeah let's just jump right into it well, I, I'll, no, I'll read no, this from bill well, Steele. okay well, can i no can I? no yeah, no let's let's ta- let's take a break first and oh then yeah come we gotta back. take a break okay because i'm an old man and can't hold it much longer let's keep our sponsors happy so that we keep having sponsors okay we'll be back with the five heart podcast and words that john damn johnston just can't wait to uh, let loose right after this Okay, I need to use the facility. Oh, for crying out loud. What? I was I was two seconds away from saying, and we're back. But no, you go tinkle. We'll wait. Yeah, you no. can start without me. No, you've got the words from Phil Steele. We'll, we, we can't start without you. Okay, fine. Let's go. <laughs> wait a minute. You're in the bathroom, right? How, how would we even know if you weren't using the No, bathroom? I'm not in the bathroom. Here's news for you. I'm actually in my bedroom for the first time. I am actually sitting at a desk. Is that because we started early and and uh, nobody else is? It's because it's because my wife said you don't always have to. You realize we can hear you in the bathroom. <laughs> that you're that loud anyway. <laughs> and my wife is at work tonight, so I am actually in a bedroom. Give me give me fifteen seconds, okay? I'm gonna count. I wish I had like a cup that I could just pour water back and forth from. But yeah, I, he's he, watch. He's probably gonna have to take a dump. <laughs> His hemorrhoids are gonna flare up. Oh, those are the worst. Those are the worst. Okay. All right. Wow, that was fast. Yeah, that's all I had. <laughs> Did you even bother to wash your hands? No, I didn't pee. I was looking for something. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I get it. If you, you you couldn't find it, and that's why you were unable to pee. Wow. Had to reach way back there. And we're back. <laughs> yes, we are back at the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, John Dam Johnston, Hoss Reuter, and John is so eager to uh, uh, share with you the wise words uh, from the Phil Steele preseason. Gospel of college football, uh, that he is putting off his, uh, his scheduled 815 bowel movement to, uh, uh, share, share this information with you. Uh, John. I'm sure that they needed to know that. Thank you so much. Well, I, I, uh, we, do I have to sound like I'm, I'm, anyway, uh, here it is. The Illini are just, could you, I'm doing something now. The Illini are just 29 and 102 in Big Ten play over the last 16 years. That's pretty damned miserable. Lovey is just 4 and 23 in Big Ten play with two of those wins versus Rutgers. That's Illinois. But he also has one of those wins over Nebraska. Lovey's never beat Nebraska. I can't remember who their coach was before that. Uh, Oh, God, it was that interim. After Tim Beckman got ousted, I forget his name. He bitched and complained the entire games, entire game working the refs though that year. Yeah, 
His name's not important enough to remember. Uh, all right, now, so I stand corrected. Um, no, Illinois, they'll probably have some, a little bit of firepower on offense still because they still have Reggie Corbin. But I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, and they don't really have any defenders who are round trees injured yet hurt earlier in the summer, so I really don't know what they're going to be doing on defense. Well, I mean, for the last two years, we've heard that they're a young team, and now they shouldn't be a young team anymore. People really still don't expect much. You know what I mean? Yeah, at this point, it's like, okay, Lovey, if you're going to do something, now's the time to probably do it. They do have... I don't... I don't... Is there... I... I Listen... Up until Purdue got Jeff Brom, there really didn't seem to be much of a commitment from Purdue's athletic department to actually found a field a good football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Illinois, and you you got to ask yourself: uh, Do you guys just want to suck? What's the what's going on over here? Again, I've said it numerous times on this podcast: Illinois could be a sleeping giant in college football. How but much they, do you want to commit to it? They just don't have the history, I don't think. They don't have... Oh, they don't have modern history. You know, they're, well, that's they're true. Range. But yes, that is true. But yeah. was, you got you got a recruiting base of Chicago. Indianapolis isn't far. St. Louis. Memphis isn't far. You can go up to Milwaukee. I mean, there, there's a lot of good players that come out of the state of Illinois every single year. Uh, Tanner, just how, Tanner how Farmer. important is it to them? Yeah, Tanner Farmer. Uh, uh, uh Vincent Valentine. Yep, Vince Valentine. Jordan from, Westerkamp. Uh, yeah, Jordan Westerkamp. Uh, the guys in Chicago, it's like basically it's down to like they either go to Northwestern or Notre Dame if they stay in the area or they're going to places like Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, if Illinois committed to football, they could be pretty good. They Illinois has 17 re- returning starters, uh, but they're going to have to uh, break in a new quarterback. And of course I'm getting all this straight from coordination.com and, uh, Husker Mike's Illinois, uh, football preview. Uh, he believes if nothing, if only by default, that it's going to be five star dual threat recruit, Isaiah Williams, uh, as the starting QB. I want to say that Nebraska might've been recruiting him a few years ago, but I can't remember for sure. Williams had a long offer sheet from nearly every top program to play slot receiver, but since William wanted to play, Williams wanted to play quarterback. He's at Illinois. I don't know. You know the mobile quarterback uh, is that scary? Well, they they gashed us for three hundred and eighty yards on the ground last year. Um, well, you got a mobile quarterback and Reggie Corbin in a run first yeah. offense. Yeah, I mean, I was at that game in Lincoln last year and. Early in the game, AJ Bush looked like the second coming of Vince Young. We just we just could not stop. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Yeah. It, oh God! I remember when the game ended, and my friends and I were sitting at Lead Bellies after the game, getting some food and having a few drinks. And I was looking at the stats. I couldn't believe that he only rushed for 183 yards against us. Four returning starters on the offensive line. Uh, their old line wasn't bad. Uh, granted, our defensive line wasn't great when we played them last year. So, let's you know, I, I don't know. I just have a hard time 
seeing Illinois won like nine games in the past three or four years total. I have a hard time seeing them jumping up to even six wins. Can I uh, pick your brain, Hoss, as our sure. X's and O's guy? Because Nebraska has, at least, in, I don't want to say historically, but at least in recent history, struggled with mobile quarterbacks. What it, it, I, you know, I'm, you know, this is going to be a homer and an optimist, so bear with me. But I'm under the belief that Scott Frost and Eric Janander know how to compete with that and and slow that down. Is there something specific about the three four that you know helps you know kind of keep mobile you know or dual threat quarterbacks in check? Other than the fact that you have you know, maybe you know I don't know two outside linebackers or or you know walk me through it because I'm a dummy. Uh, is there something schematically that that can help Nebraska against the dual threat QB? Yeah, it's um, you know when you're playing against a mobile quarterback, you want to have as many athletes on the field as possible on defense, guys who can you know cover in space, defend the run from you know being walked out on a slot receiver, and when you run a three four, you're trading a heavy kind of you know traditionally slow-footed defensive lineman for a guy who can play in space. So that helps to kind of contain the field or contain the field. Wow. That makes absolutely no sense. Contain a mobile quarterback on the edges of the field, you know, between the offensive line and the slot receivers. And then really what helps too is the way we play our safeties We're we very rarely sit back with two high safeties. You know, we're walking one down, towards a tight end or towards a slot or letting one, you know, cheat down a little bit so he can fit inside the box against a run play. So it's really just a numbers game. How many, you know, how many numbers do you want to allocate to stopping the quarterback run? Because the Pelini defense has struggled so badly with it because we'd sit there with two safeties lined up, you know, 11 to 14 yards off the ball, and they'd be sitting there as pass-first defenders while a quarterback would, you know, drop back, look around, see the corners and everyone else turn their backs to run in man coverage or the pattern matching coverage that we were running under Pelini. And once those defenders' backs are turned, that quarterback's taken off. And those safeties filling from depth, by the time, you know, they get to the quarterback, quarterback has had the opportunity to make a move and, you know, break into the open field. Okay, you didn't listen. This Nebraska's had problems with more mobile quarterbacks. It's like saying my family has a problem with alcoholism. Every family has a problem with alcoholism. <laughs> Are you having well, problems with it right everybody, now? Everyone has problems with mobile quarterbacks. Yes. That's why everyone has a mobile quarterback right. in day and age. It's not just Nebraska. Everybody does, and the reason why but is you because you got to be able to limit it. You know, you're never going to shut down a mobile quarterback, but you have to limit it as best you can. You don't like if you get deked on a designed quarterback run or a designed, you know, or, or an option play, that's going to happen. That's what those plays are designed for to play 11 on 11 football. But the worst thing that can happen is when you get deked from a quarterback dropping back, seeing, you know, defenders' backs turned, running in man coverage, and being able to just take off. Or if, you know, you're playing zone, quarterback drops back, no one's open, he runs. And you're just a shit tackling team. That is inexcusable. You know, 
you'll get, you know, we deep teams all the time run that quarterback draw or dart play with the backside tackle pulling and leading Adrian Martinez. You know, I'm willing to bet that's a bread and butter play that coach opposing coaches want to stop. They want to shut it down. But I'm willing to bet they probably feel a little bit better about dealing with that than they do. Adrian Martinez drops back. J.D. Spielman's covered. Jack Stoll's covered. Uh, you know, Wandale Robinson's covered. Okay, well, he's just going to take off. You know, because at that point, there's nothing you can do to troubleshoot it. So what you're saying is Illinois is going to score a lot of points on our defense is still trying to figure out who it is. Oh, probably not because it's <laughs> Illinois and we have a year, another year of learning the system under Shenander. We have another year of working in the weight room under Zach Duvall. Defense, even more so than offense, requires time to learn the nuances, the checks, the adjustments to different formations, different plays, tendencies. So I think you, I think the defense is going to be improved this year. How much is a whole nother ballgame. Yeah, Greg. That's fair. Because I think I saw it earlier this week. Under Bob Diaco, we were 117th in the country. In Don't defense. say that name. Last year, we jumped. Our defense is still bad. But we jumped up to 75th. You know, it's a 42. Except spot. in third down conversions. Oh yeah, I mean third down conversions were awful. Um, 42 spot jump. Now, progress development is not linear in football. Very, it's very rarely linear, but. If I were just to oversimplify this and say, hey, you know, we could have another 42-spot jump in defense up to 33rd in the country, we'd be pretty happy come. We'll be in the college football playoff. Yeah, or at the very least, New Year's Six. Okay, anything? What else? Illinois, their defense, is it any good? Do they have any playmakers? And We hung a a 50-burger on them last year. Next question. Okay. Well, let's move on to the team we already Should talked we- about uh, at the uh, you know, earlier in the show, and that's Ohio State, Week Five, and uh, September twenty eighth at home. I mean, they're- probably going to be an eleven a.m. kickoff. Well, I don't know that. Fox has the first pick each week, yeah, and they learned the hard way last year that they couldn't go toe to toe in the seven p.m. time slot with ABC. So they're making a big push to put their marquee game each week at 11 a.m., which I don't mind, personally. I love 11 a.m. kickoffs. Well, no, uh, the, one of the greatest atmospheres in Memorial Stadium I've ever seen was an 11 a.m. kickoff against Texas in 06. Back, back, up, back, back, back up a little bit. Uh, explain to me something that I, I didn't know about Fox getting first pick. So they don't like, – the, the whole college game day thing doesn't – really necessarily matter anymore or oh they you know they can do it you know the college game day has gone to sec games that are on cbs okay all right well i, I just i think a lot of times people associate college game day and then that you know marquee matchup that night but now that you mentioned it i have seen instances where you know like herb street's catching a you know a charter jet from a to b to get to you know wherever he needs to be that night so yeah i guess it's not out of the realm of possibility so regardless of the time look this is if you're gonna 
this is the best time I think for a an uphill. I'm gonna say this for a momentum upswinging Nebraska to catch Ohio State where they are. New quarterback, new head coach. The, the, Not many returning starters. No, because you know they a lot of them went to the league because <laughs> that's what they do right. in, in Columbus. But uh, um, you know if, if these two teams can can butt heads, you know at, at even strength, you know for for the next ten or twenty years. But you know this is a, a Buckeye team that what were they in the playoffs last year? No, they no. won the Rose Bowl against Washington, okay. though. Okay, so so a New Year's Six Purdue Bowl. stomped the shit out of him, remember? No, I don't remember a whole lot, John. I, oh, my God, you're so young. Thanks, I know, right? I, I'm, <laughs> well, if we're ever going to get Ohio State, judging from our previous track record and how we hung within five of them, five points of them last year, this year is the year. You know, the... That's a big step back from having Urban Meyer as the head honcho on your sideline to Ryan Day being the head guy. Right. Um, you lost Dwayne Haskins. You lost your defensive coordinator, probably one of the best in the game, Alex Grinch, to Oklahoma. You're still dealing with the karmic implications and baggage of the Zach Smith-Urban Meyer fiasco. Um, if there's ever been a program that's ripe for a, you know, a downturn, it's probably Ohio State right now, you know, and who knows? Maybe Ryan Day is the next Vince Lombardi, and maybe Ryan Day is, uh, you know, more in the Frank Solich kind of uh, mold. No, I, I know, he, I, I understand what you're saying. He could be yeah. Lovey Smith. No, uh, I still can't believe Lovey Smith coaching a Super Bowl as a head coach at one point. Hey, anything is possible. Okay, so we got uh, yeah, yeah. It's a big, uh, big uh, potentially big drop. Yeah, I mean, you still got it. They're still athletic as hell. They're still strong up front. Um, but yeah, if you're gonna if we're gonna get them, this is the year. Get it done. Well, they replaced. uh, They got our balls off last year, and you know we knocked on the door and. Paraphrase Bum Phillips of the Houston Oilers. This is the year that we knocked the son of a bitch off its hinges. There's you know what's crazy is a year ago right now we were probably talking about how we hadn't made Ohio State punt since 2012. And now we're talking about are we going to beat Well, that's true. Okay, Dwayne Haskins is gone at quarterback, but they brought in Justin Fields. And who Justin, played apparently in mop-up duty at Georgia. Who is a mobile quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback, but with mop-up duty experience, and his claim to fame was throw, was trying to execute a ill-timed fake punt for Georgia against Alabama in the SEC championship game. He'll probably well, end up being pretty good. He's a great high school player. But as of now, you know, you're – just like the question marks we had last year around this time about Adrian Martinez or who was going to start quarterback, he is an unproven commodity. And they're always going to have good running backs. I mean, you know what I mean? They just they still got J.K. Dobbins. Right. Thank God Paris Campbell's finally gone. Huh. Uh, 
junior DeMario McCall, sophomore Master Teague. Haven't played much, but again, those guys, they just, you know, they have running backs coming out their ears, mostly because they always have good lines. Well, yeah, and about that offensive line, they only have one returning starter. Um, you know, it, they got in a, a new one uh, from Rutgers, which doesn't say a whole lot. He's only started, he's a senior who's only started 16 uh, games in his career. And uh, they have a sophomore center. Haas, we've, we've talked a little bit about physics uh, on the offensive line. Is six foot five in, a little too tall to be a center? Mm, it's a little on the taller side, but you know he, he'll probably be fine. He's probably got good, you know, leverage. He probably bend at the hips pretty well instead of being a knee bender. So, uh, yeah, he might he might be pretty good. They they do return all three of their uh, starting linebackers, including Malik Harrison, uh, who. I mean, say what you want about him. He's a uh, he's a senior, and he uh, tied for a team lead with 81 tackles last year. Uh, they just, you know, it, it's sort of a it, when it comes to Ohio State. I hate using this cliche, but I've used it for years now. They don't rebuild; they reload. But I think this is as close to a rebuilding year as they're going to get. I think so too. So we're going to get them. This year, let's do it. By God, um, anything else on Ohio State, or can we move to some breaking news? Well, uh, we can move to some breaking news. Do 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 do. Uh, I was wait one more thing. Oh, fine, okay. Okay, their their uh, non conference schedule is Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, and uh, then Miami of Ohio. Yes. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna know I think who Ohio State is kind of early in the year when they play Cincinnati because Cincinnati is not, I mean they're not a name team but they're they don't suck. You know what no, I mean? They're... Normally, normally you think oh Cincinnati whatever, but they're they're a they're a good team. They should if they're if the Buckeyes defense isn't any better than it was last year, uh, they could just flat out get outscored by Cincinnati. On the other hand, uh, the Ohio State hasn't lost to them since 1897. So what that really means is Cincinnati is due. Right. Hang a 50-burger on the U, uh, uh, the Ohio State. I, I can say the uh, – No, we want, we want them undefeated when they roll into Lincoln. That's right. Yeah, we don't want to piss off. Uh, all right, so breaking news time? Sure. Yeah. Now, this won't be breaking news by Friday morning when this episode drops, but breaking news as of uh, about 10 or 15 minutes ago, Niles Paul is hanging up his cleats. In a uh, post on social media, he says, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll hit the high points. As they say, all good things come to an end. After eight years in the NFL, I decided that it's time to hang up the cleats. Even though it didn't work out, I was humbled and grateful for the opportunity to be brought into my ninth training camp with the San Francisco 49ers. I was quickly reminded how taxing this game could be after only spending a week in camp. Now it's time to start listening to my body. There is no doubt in my mind that I'm still able to compete and make a 53-man roster somewhere, but I'm not sure my body can handle it anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I want to thank all of my teammates and coaches that helped me along the way from Omaha North High School to the University of Nebraska and ultimately to the NFL. Thank you to the Washington Redskins for drafting me and giving a kid from the north side of Omaha the opportunity that he could only dream of. 
Uh, also, thanks to Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, San Francisco 49ers. Says it's been a great ride that has allowed me to have an impact in the community and do things that I never thought would be possible. Although my NFL journey has come to an end, life must go on. I'm looking forward to what the future has in store for me. Signed, Niles Paul. You just said you weren't going to read all that. I, uh, I, I kept <laughs> yeah, out, you did. You did well. I kept out one paragraph. Okay. And and I paraphrased another one. So. I don't think anybody – I would like to know five people that could send us an email or comment on this podcast that thought Niles Paul would even make it in the NFL, let alone have eight years yeah, of a career. Yeah, I definitely didn't. I mean, he played I, mostly tight end, right? Yeah. Largely. Yeah. He did uh, – He did. I think I think in his uh, uh, letter there, part of the uh, part that I skipped over – he says that uh, uh, even start some games at fullback. So yeah, I mean, he was a you know he 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 got to be a big body guy and then he uh, I mean he wasn't a a superstar NFL guy right, but he had a career. Eight years in the yeah. NFL is no, a hell of a lot longer than most. They put people. in eight years in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. My, Good for him. CBSSports.com uh, also shared a. Uh, you know, an article or, or briefly about it. I haven't clicked on the article, but the picture that they chose for the article is Niles Paul running away from uh, two Dallas Cowboy defenders, and I'm just tickled by that. <laughs> so, be better well, if he's running, from, running away from two Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, that never happened. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure they did, but I couldn't tell you how those you know matchups went because. They might have only faced each other once in his eight-year career. Well, he was playing for Jacksonville, I think, in 2017 when Jacksonville beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I don't believe he saw action in that game, sir. Okay, you are you probably correct. I just know that Pittsburgh had other problems to deal with in that game that did not involve Niles Paul. So yeah, like Todd Haley. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, dude, I, I'm a Chiefs fan. He was once the head coach. Yeah, no, that's I know. I know all. Um, so I think that's the show. Yeah, yeah, I, it's sad that we had to end it on such a down note. Well, I'll end it on a different note then. Okay, please do. Okay, you know, a few weeks ago, I was down in Nebraska and I went to a charity event. And Brandon Riley was at that charity event along with Josh Banderas, and I talked to Brandon Riley for a little bit. Uh, and one of the things I asked him was really how difficult is it just to get on an NFL roster? And uh, he wanted to tell me that I just, yeah, it's hell, it's harder than hell. Oh, you know what I mean? Because everybody's damned good. I mean, you think about the transition from high school football to college where everybody gets one level better, and then you go to the pros where that leap is is enormous. So... Uh, you know, I hope Brandon Riley makes the Detroit Lions. There you go. Is that more got, positive? I like it. I think he got cut already. Boo. Did he? Yeah, I think I saw that last week. Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to be positive. Why is it? Fine, you, you want a, you, a kind of a positive oh, story. Here we go, here we go. Uh, Divino Zigbo had a nice uh, showing uh, for the – New Orleans Saints in, in, I think, you know, one of their practices or, or, uh, so, you know, that's, that's positive that he yeah. was impressive. And, uh, yeah. he, I think he's going to have 
a good NFL career, and I think he's going to be a nice compliment in New Orleans to Alvin Kamara. I agree. And uh, there's more positivity positivity to discuss, but Haas says we're not allowed to talk about the shooty hoops, uh, so we'll save oh, that for next week's uh, Bangarangs. Oh, I, I have a story. Okay, let's hear it, John. Oh, yeah. my God, that is the most condescending <laughs> voice I <laughs> But that was, it, but it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be. So I, I do sincerely want to hear your story, and I apologize for the tone that I let escape. Incidentally, I had I, it, something happened momentous in my life this week. Oh, you had a sex change? No, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I think I know where <laughs> yeah, this is going. Just like that, just like that, I did right overnight. Um, <laughs> I threw away my go-to-the-hospital underwear this week. So for, I, I, I've got to know what exactly go-to-the-hospital underwear are. Okay, you know everybody's mother said when you were young, always wear clean underwear because you never know when you're going to the hospital. So you threw away your only pair of clean underwear. Great job. No, my <laughs> God. I had special <laughs> underwear because... Because when I went to the hospital, they were going to see my underwear, and there yeah. were no tidy whities going on. These were, they even commented on how nice my underwear were whenever I went to the hospital. Oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, I threw away my go to the hospital underwear, which means I've been alive long enough after being dead to outlast, which were then brand new underwear, very colorful, striped red. It was a thong, wasn't it? No, God, no. Nobody wants that. Seriously. They were boxer briefs, okay? It, nobody wants to see an old white guy in a thong. Nobody. Right? So if you're an old white guy out there, keep your fucking thongs inside. <laughs> you know? But I, 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 it's also a sign that I am not that worried about going to the hospital anymore. So there you go. Fuck you guys laughing at me, sons of bitches. No, that is a, a terrific sign. Um, but I... I guess my question is, or, or or maybe maybe the fault lies with me. I mean, I I wear underwear every day, as I think most people should, uh, and I do laundry regularly. When they are soiled, when they're dirty, I wash them and fold them and put them. But how 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 long did you have that that particular uh, pair of uh, boxer briefs there, John? A couple of years. Like, We're getting in logistics now. For, no, okay, four years. Okay, it's been four years I'm, I'm, since I was dead. I'm, well, okay, in that case, I get to say a rare thing that people my age don't usually get to say about people your age, John, and that's that I've got underwear older than you. <laughs> John, I'm surprised. So you threw them out. You're not sending them to Scott Frost? Oh, God, that's just... <laughs> That's horrifying. And on that note, I, you know what? I, I guess next, you know what I should is get them out of the trash, put them on a mannequin. <laughs> sure, up to Fred Hoiberg's fan there. I'm sure the other media people, when they watched me walk up with a mannequin and colorful red stripey underwear on it, and going, "God, are they going to give him a credential ever again?" Because we don't want him in the press box or anywhere near us ever. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, uh, by the yeah. way, catch. Catch more with John every Monday with John's post-life crisis. As we mentioned, uh, of uh, Bangerings and Daggers drops Wednesday mornings, and we do appreciate your uh, continued, uh, I, don't know, I say patronage, but this is free, 
Uh, so your continued support, uh, your continued downloads and listening to the Five Heart Podcast every Friday morning. Or as my friend Chad Smart would say, time is irrelevant in podcasts, except when it's not, when you do one every week, and it usually revolves around that week's news. Uh, so... Uh, that is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. You can subscribe if you don't already on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play, Podbean or Spotify and communicate with us uh, on Twitter or Facebook. You can catch those links in the write up at coordination.com. And, uh, while you're at it, while you're in the, uh, mode or thought process of, of communicating with us, we encourage you to leave a voicemail. And uh, you can do that, and I'll tell you that number as soon as I pull it up. It's uh, not memorized yet, but I think Haas knows it. But uh, it is 402-327-1830. Thank you very much. 402-327-1830? Yes, sir. See, yeah, I, 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 I didn't memorize it. but All right, quick little side note. When I had to do my last uh, DOT physical and I had to look at the eye chart, and, you know, you stand – 15 feet away from it, whatever, and they have you read the the letters going across left to right, and then they have you cover the left eye, and they have you cover the right eye. Well, nobody knows this, but I get great vision when it's, you know, both eyes, but when I cover one or the other, it gets slightly blurry, but they didn't make me change the the layer of, of letters, the, the row of letters that I was reading, so even though they were slightly blurry... I kind of had it memorized, so I, I was able to skate through my, uh, which, by the way, is really encouraging to all of the drivers and motorists in my area when the, the guy in the 26-ton truck is may or may, no, I'm kidding, I got good, I got good vision. Uh, so anyway, that's it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. For myself, Greg Mahochko, for Hoss Reuter and John Dam Johnston, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! <laughs> WTD OS when the damn off season. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.